Welcome on to The Backstretch. I'm Heather Williams, and I feel like somebody who got everything they wanted on Racing Christmas. It got off to kind of a rough start. I thought maybe I was going to get some coal in my stockings the way the F1 race started with a little bit of confusion and a lot of rain. But man, I ended up getting that iPad I have wanted for years on Christmas. It was so good. The racing was good all day long thought the Coca-Cola 600 was great. One of the best races at Charlotte that I've seen on the Oval in a really long time. And I think it proves that you really can't mess with the Crown Jewel events. I know there's been a lot of like hemming and hawing and suggesting that maybe 600 miles is too long. I didn't think that race was too long. Even if you couldn't sit in front of the TV the whole time because you had things to do, when you were sitting in front of the TV, it was entertaining. And that's what I think it needs to be. It's an amazing test in endurance. The track, the cars change multiple times during that race. So it's who is patient enough, who is smart enough to be able to, to chase the racetrack and keep their car fast the entire time. I thought it was amazing. And I think that... NASCAR can keep these crown jewels intact exactly the way they are. The Daytona 500, the Coke 600, Darlington, the Bristol Night Race, Talladega, and still be able to make changes to other races to get more fans in. We're going to St. Louis this, this weekend. It's a, a short track. It's going to be a shorter race. You know, we did the thing at the Coliseum, which I think worked out really well. So I think there is the ability and the balance to hang on to those old school fans and that tradition in the sport and give them what they want, what they crave while trying new things and, and attracting new fans into the sport. I don't know that NASCAR's found that perfect balance just yet, but I think it's out there. When it's out there, I think you're going to see this little bit of growth that we've seen this season. And there, it hasn't been amazing, but there has definitely been a little bit of growth in the TV ratings and, and, and good attendance back at the track. I think you could really see that explode once NASCAR really hones in and finds that sweet spot. The Coca-Cola 600 was a great start. It was a great race. It was so much fun. I know a lot of fans weren't that excited to see Denny Hamlin in victory lane. He's kind of turned into a little bit of a black hat in the sport, but... Nonetheless, completely entertaining, a lot of fun. All right, let's get to this week's show. We are joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, Sunday's Coca-Cola 600 was the longest race by length in NASCAR history at 619.5 miles. And it lasted a tick over five hours and 13 minutes. But I thought this race was pretty entertaining, maybe one of the best ones of the year. What was your thoughts on the race? It, Heather, it was. You know, anything that lasts that long better be pretty good to keep people uh, to keep people watching and keep people in the seats. Um, I, th I think overall this was a, a a good race for the next gen cars. Uh, some of the overlying problems kind of still reared their head a little bit during the race. But you know, we talked about it last week. This is all about this is all about you know hanging in. Uh, it's a marathon. It's what it is. I mean, 619 miles, that's longer than it is from here to Daytona. So uh, five hours, you know, it's a long time to be tied up in that seat. And also it's a long time for the crews, you know. So uh, it's an endurance. Uh, that's why everybody loves to win that race. And, um, 
you know, overall, I think that it was uh, some pretty exciting races, and uh, you know, the the end was the was pretty uh, pretty amazing too, pretty exciting. So good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Now Toyota's got off to a slow start to the season, but they dominated qualifying at Charlotte and now won two of the last three races. So. Do you think Toyota's finally got this figured out? I, I think they're I think they're on the, the brink of it. You know, this this is a process. Again, it's it's just a process of of, of getting a hold of these cars and and figuring out really what makes them tick and what goes from race to race, from week to week, from track to track. And you know, this these it's it's the design by NASCAR, it's it's not as easy finding the the fruits off the tree with this car as it was with other cars and and that's the whole plan it makes it kind of puts everybody in the same very small tight box and and finding the little bits that make my car a little bit faster uh you got it's like finding a very small needle in a very big haystack and um uh that i think they're they're going to get there and i think by the end of this season or maybe here coming up pretty soon you're going to see a, a, a lot of cars be very competitive with one another, and that's the plan. Bubba Wallace, pit crew, continues to find new ways to take him out of races. This week, he was told to take it easy on the final laps of stage two by his crew chief, and then was parked for not maintaining minimum speed. So, is this a ridiculous rule from NASCAR, or a big mistake by 2311, or maybe a little bit of both? I think a little bit of both. You know, it, it has been a rule for a long time. Uh, it is designed to not have A, to not have cars out there just riding around in the way and getting lapped uh, or in the way of faster cars uh, where it becomes dangerous. And then also, if, if you're not able to run a, a minimum speed, if you're not able to run you know, reasonably fast, there's probably something bad wrong with your car, so there may something happen to it. And, and a lot of times you see that happen after somebody gets a car out there. I'll be honest with you, I've been in the same shoes. You know, we've, we've had to, you know, put cars out there to like after a crash and you're like, you're wanting to get points, you're wanting to just run a few more laps, you're wanting to get time for your sponsor and the whole nine yards and you're thinking, eh, I'm not really sure we ought to be out there doing this. You know, and then eventually maybe a tire blows or something like that and puts somebody in peril. So. It, it's a, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit both ways. If they were going to be out there, they needed to make sure that they run the, the minimum speed. And uh, from my experience, NASCAR's always been pretty consistent on that. So, uh, you know, a little bit of both. We head this weekend to the Worldwide Technologies Raceway on the Cup Series. It's the first time they've ever been here for the Cup Series, guys, but we have raced there in trucks for quite some time. So what do fans need to know about getting around this track? Well, this is a, th this is kind of a strange duck racetrack. You know, it's a, it's a mile and a quarter plus or minus in length. Uh, the, the two ends of the racetrack, the first and second turn, the third and fourth turn are way different. Uh, you come down actually pretty long straightaway going into both turns, but especially the front straightaway is very long. You go down in there and all of a sudden you've got a, a hairpin turn that has some banking. It has a little bit of progressive banking. It's a little bit rough. And even for years, the trucks and even way back when the Xfinity cars run there, they, you know, they've been shifting, downshifting in the middle of turn one and two and then 
going up, you know, going from third to fourth, going up the back stretch. The third and fourth turn is a very long, sweeping, flat corner. And a, and a car will, car or race vehicle will go through different transitions in that corner. It'll be loose getting in, it'll be tight in the middle, it'll be tight or loose coming off, and, and it's just, it's hard. It's, it's hard on the brakes, it's hard on the, the gearing, the transmission. I feel like it's very much of a driver's racetrack. And, and I think, personally, I think this will be a really good racetrack for the next-gen cars. I, you know, they're already shifting. Uh, at Charlotte, for, for, for crying out loud, in Kansas and places like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of shifting, uh, the, the, you know, trying to control the deceleration, trying to, the brakes are very good on these cars. So um, I, I'm, uh, some of these guys has, have raced it at St. At Louis in the past, trucks or Xfinity, so they're going to have maybe a little bit of an advantage. Uh, there is some practice out there, so uh, it, it's you know it's going to be interesting. I think it, I, again, I think this will be another race that the next gen cars can shine, and I think you'll see a good race this weekend. Joining us now is Justin Haley. He drives for Colin Racing in the Cup Series. Thanks for joining us, Justin. Yeah, no problem. So first of all, let's talk about you guys' transition to the Cup Series this year. I feel like you know moving up as a race team is tough, but I feel like throwing out the last couple of weeks because you've had some uh, parts failures. You guys are really starting to figure things out. I think you had like a, a top 15 and 11th and a third before the parts failures the last couple of weeks. Do you guys feel like you're maybe gaining some momentum and starting to, to get more comfortable in the cup series as a race team? Well, momentum right now is down, like you said, but um, yeah, we've had some good runs. It's just growing pains, um, such a high highs and low lows. It's, it's really rocky. So um, yeah, just trying to find some stability and trying to figure out what works for us. We've had speed and we've had consistency, just not lately. So just trying to get that turn back around and, and figuring out again, which what really clicks for us and what's gonna work. And it's difficult. The Cup Series is the hardest form of motorsports in the United States. So every week it's a, it's a tough task to go to, but um, definitely just trying to grow it little by little. When you hit a stretch like this, because as I mentioned, you guys were on the roll right before these last couple of races. Do you just try to like put it behind you? I mean, figure out what the issue is, but mentally kind of put it behind you because you guys know you have the speed. Yeah, and it's not just one big thing, right? It's it's a it's a little thing here this week, a little thing here that week. So, um, you know, we have all the basics and I feel like the basics are the easy things. It's all the small um, little bits and pieces and, and the finesse it takes to run well every week. So just trying to get our pit crew in line, trying to get our crew members, um, myself being a new driver and, and just everything, just trying to click. Um, obviously finding speed in the race car is the most important and everything else kind of follows. But yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of like we are building a Lego house, right? And we're just trying to figure out um, how to build it without any directions or instructions. <laughs> Um, do you see opportunity here over the summer? I mean, a lot of drivers are like, oh, it's the summer. But I look at the schedule and I see a lot of tracks that you personally are really good at. Do you, do you see some opportunity coming up here in the next few weeks? I don't look uh, further than the week of the track. <laughs> I'm not very good at planning. And um, if I try to look too far ahead, I, I get confused. So I know this week we're going to Gateway, which was a great racetrack for me in trucks. Sonoma um, will be good for us. And, and I think we have a little vacation. So um, just they we're still kind of in this period where we're taking this car to all these tracks for the first time. Um, you know, later in the year, we'll get to, to go to the tracks a second time and try to figure out uh, and learn what we, we learned from the first time. So 
just still trying to get each every track. I know gateways is something brand new to us. We haven't gone to a racetrack like it. So um, going to be interesting this, uh, this weekend. Do you think you and the handful of drivers who have run truck series races at gateway might have at least, at least a little bit of a head start because at least you understand the track. I mean, there's guys out there that have never even seen the track before. I would love to say that, but um, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's 40 of the best race car drivers in the country and, and um, we have so much simulators now and, and we're always driving. We've probably all turned 500 laps already on, on million dollar simulators. So um, no advantage, but um, maybe I like to think that at least I've been to victory lane there before. Um, so you mentioned the simulators. I'm interested. How much of part of your life is that? I mean, I know guys run simulators, but are you pretty much doing that every week now? Yeah, it's, it's a, a weekly thing. Um, I usually have a time slot along with my other fellow colleague racing drivers and we all kind of bounce back and forth and figure out what's working for us. So, um, yeah, we spent a few hours on it a week trying to figure it out. It translates well this year. It's been better than ever um, using the Chevrolet Sim and, and Chevrolet gives us the opportunity to um, access that. So um, it's, it's definitely been beneficial this year, taking this new car to a racetrack for the first time each every week. What's it been like driving for Matt? I mean, you've driven for him for a while now, and as you guys move up to the Cub, he seems like one of the more hands-on, just really involved, wants to give you guys everything you want, owners in the, in the garage area. Is that, I mean, that's how he comes across. Is that like what it's like for you guys? Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, Matt, like I said earlier, we have all the pieces to succeed. We just have to figure out how to put each piece of the puzzle in the correct spot to succeed. So Matt's been awesome. Um, super thankful for him and Chris Rice and Lee Filter, my longtime sponsor, or our longtime sponsor at College Racing um, for allowing us to go out there and do it every week. But um, yeah, it's been cool. I'm, I'm super thankful that he kind of chose me from the truck series and, and gave me the opportunity to help him uh, grow his Xfinity team. And, and it's kind of turned into a competitive championship caliber team at this point. And uh, we spent all those years in Xfinity getting that thing to winning races. And then now we're kind of back to step one with the cup series. So um, just try to grow that program throughout it with, uh, with all my good teammates and uh, being it together and we'll see where it goes. He seems super patient too. Like, I mean, with all the success you guys had in the Xfinity series, it would be easy to be, you know, really anxious to want that instantly in the cup series, but he seems like he's really willing to like, I mean, obviously get things right, but not like blame people or push people when things aren't going or bumpy. I mean, every time you move up, it's bumpy. He seems like he's super willing to just let you guys figure it out. Well, it's, it's just different. I mean, the cup series is huge and um, man, every piece of the puzzle is just so much more complex and in, in how you um, get crew members, um, you know, even crew members have contracts on race teams. So to get great crew members or pit crew members, um, you know, they're contracted out two, three, four years. Crew chiefs are the same way. They're usually contracted out. So um, we have a bunch of great people right now, but just trying to figure out, like I said, what works for us and, and just, it's so much more, so much more, um, each and every week, it puts a wear and tear on the team. So you're having to put more people in the shop because um, we're gone every week. You know, the Xfinity series, they have off weeks every so often. We don't, we have one. So um, yeah, just trying to get those people back home to put the cars together and, and just stuff like that. It's so many more little things and that you don't really think about. Final question for you. 
is it more or less pressure to come into this full-time thing with already a win under your belt? I mean, it would seem like in some respects it's good because people are never going, when's Justin going to get a win? When's Justin going to get a win? But then you already have a win. So people kind of expect you to maybe find your way to victory lane. No, I mean, it's been fine. Obviously I want to be competitive and I really, you know, we're not a winning organization right now. You know, we might win a race, but uh, competitively each and every week, we're just not there yet. And that's what I appreciate about Matt is he's realistic about his goals. Um, we want to get there and we will get there. It just takes time. It's, it's a building process. So um, we showed that we can be competitive with our third at Darlington. Uh, AJ runs really well. Every time he gets in it, we almost won Circuit of the Americas. So there's definitely opportunity races for us, but this is our first full-time season. And having Matt, um, you know, he pushes us, but not so much uh, step on us when we have a bad day is definitely uh, helpful for sure. So for my final thought, I'm going to swing back around a little bit to what we were talking about at the beginning of this week's podcast, which was going out and exploring new events, new arenas. We're going to go to two arenas that are somewhat new. Gateway's been around or Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway Motorsports Park or whatever the name of it is now. It's been around the sport for a while, almost two, three decades but never for the Cup Series. So going into the St. Louis market, trying a new market for the Cup Series, trying a new track for the Cup Series, and then going to a, a new market period in Portland for the Xfinity Series, I think this is really important for the sport. I think that it's good that we are going and, and trying new things. If both these races are a complete failure, okay, we don't have to go back. If they don't sell out, if the racing's terrible, whatever. But I think it's important grow the sport to go try new things I know a lot of traditionalists don't like that you know they would love for us to to go to back to Rockingham and to um, North Wilkesboro and I think that the sport needs to find a way to incorporate those tracks back into the rotation if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis you heard me a couple weeks ago talk about that I think that we should take those old school tracks and make them rotating sites for the all-star race I think that that would be perfect that would be amazing but we have to get this sport more attractive to newer fans I know the ratings are up I know the attendance is up but the NASCAR audience still skews super old compared to other sports and us older fans, and I say us because I'm almost 50, I'm almost considered aged out of the desirable um, age group that advertisers want, we need to understand that in order for the sport to thrive and survive once we're gone, for me, hopefully, you know, 40, 50 years from now, but, you know, maybe sooner than that, in order for the sport to survive, new fans have to come on board. If new fans don't come on board, we get into that dangerous area that I think baseball is in, another one of my favorite sports, where it's no longer growing. The sport's no longer growing. You can see it in the ratings. You can see it in the attendance. And it's almost like they're past the point that they can fix it. I, I think it can still be fixed, but I don't think NASCAR wants to get to that point. So... I like going to these new tracks, hoping for good racing. I don't know that I'm super optimistic that it's going to be good racing because there's 
probably a reason why these tracks have never been on the circuit before, but we'll see. You never know. The next-gen car can change a lot of things. So let's hope for some good racing. Let's hope to hook in some new fans. And I hope to see you next week here on The Backstretch.